0: regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed welcome to another edition of bearing arms cam and company my name is cam edwards i'm glad that you've joined us today it is a solemn anniversary 19 years ago terror struck in the united states we're going to talk about One of the many heroes of that day, a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Also joining us on the show today, Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America, talking about the upcoming election and some of the races for Congress that are going to be vitally important and races where gun owners can have a a significant impact. Uh, You know, there are going to be some of these congressional districts that are safely blue. There are going to be others that are safely red. But there are a number of opportunities, I think, for Uh, Pro-Second Amendment voices uh, to actually take a seat in Congress, replacing uh, some anti-gun candidates, or in some cases, maybe even to oust some anti-gun members of Congress. I talked on uh, Bearing Arms yesterday. We had a story, NRA's Political Victory Fund, out with their candidate ratings for 2020, and there is only one A-plus rated Democrat in Congress right now. One. Colin Peterson, Democrat from Minnesota, who first took office in 1991, uh, one election in the 1990 elections, was able to survive the red wave of, uh, was that 94, after the Clinton-Biden gun ban was put into effect. Uh, he actually said a couple of years ago that, uh, I, I think the statement was, if I hear the phrase common sense gun control one more time, I'm going to throw up. Something like that. Uh, he is squaring off against an A-rated Republican, but uh, Colin Peterson getting the NRA's endorsement, uh, they're in uh, that Minnesota congressional district. Again, unfortunately, there just aren't that many pro-gun Democrats around anymore. And as somebody who believes that the Second Amendment is safer and more secure when it is a nonpartisan issue, believe me, I would love to see more pro-gun Democrats out there. I would love to go to the polls in November and really have a difficult choice to make between two candidates. All right, well, they're both great on the Second Amendment. And then I could maybe start to look at other issues. Unfortunately, That's not the case in Virginia's 5th Congressional District, probably not the case in your Congressional District. And uh, that's one of the other things we'll talk with Eric Pratt about. What can we do? And is there any chance of the Democrats, at least some, maybe a wing of the Democrat Party, uh, if not embracing our right to keep and bear arms, perhaps rejecting these old school gun control plans that uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and others want to implement all across the country. Take a look and a listen. Hey, Eric, thanks so much for coming on the program, sir. It's good to talk with you today. Well, you're very welcome. So glad to be with you, Cam. Absolutely. Listen, you know, I know we're past Labor Day. We are now in the thick of the election season. I mean, it feels like it's been going on for like five years now, but uh, we're in the home stretch. And so much attention right now is focused on the top of the ticket with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And that is incredibly important for gun owners. Uh, make no mistake. But we also have 435 members of Congress. We've got a third of the U.S. Senate that is up for uh, election in November. And this is incredibly consequential for gun owners as well, right? Absolutely. In fact, uh, (laughs) you could
1: argue that it's uh, perhaps even more uh, important, uh, all these races uh, at the congressional and and the Senate level. uh, And that's not taking anything away from the presidential level. But obviously, uh, you know, the Senate... uh, is going to be counted on to uh, stop things uh, with filibuster or affirm
0: uh, judges. So, you know, th- these races are super, super important to gun owners. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, I mean, if, if we lose uh, the Senate, the Democrats have already told us um, they're probably going to ax the filibuster. And, a, you know, a bare minimum 51 votes would be enough to ram through uh, any gun control proposals that the Democrats want they've already we've already seen the house pass quote unquote universal background checks We've already heard that they want to go after our semi-automatic rifles uh, so these races really are critically important and I know that Gunners of America uh, is getting involved in a lot of these races. you were recently out in Western Colorado uh, and uh, GOA endorsed Lauren Bobert for Congress in the uh, third congressional district in Colorado
1: Yeah, she's a great candidate. You know, she's interesting story. She owns a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado, which I'm told is the only city in the country uh, named after a gun. Uh, So, but at at her restaurant, she and uh, the waitresses there open carry. She is passionate about our Second Amendment rights. In fact, people may remember after Beto O'Rourke said, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and your AK-47s. Well, she drove to one of his campaign events when he came to Colorado, and she got up in his face and told him, hell no, you aren't taking our guns. I mean, she is tenacious. And and just to give you an example of that, she defeated a sitting incumbent in the primary, which is something that has not been done for almost 50 years in Colorado. Wow. Uh, you know, she is the type of candidate who is one in a million, really. I mean, she, she's actually read the Constitution for herself, and she tells people that when she's, you know, out stumping and, and uh, you know, speaking in front of crowds. She's very passionate about the Constitution and the Second Amendment. So, you know, I, I would tell people, look, if your congressman stinks she's the one that you can, quote-unquote, adopt the congressman, so to speak. You you can give to her campaign, (laughs) right, You know, help her get elected. In fact, people people could go to laurenforcolorado.com. Helping her win is very doable. She's a Republican who's in a Republican district, but she's going against someone who was in the state legislature so obviously has a lot of name ID. But but let me tell you, there's a huge difference between the two. Her opponent has supported gun bans, registration, and gun-free zones, Lauren is opposed to all those, and she will be the one uh, going toe-to-toe with AOC and getting in her face and pushing the pro-gun agenda.
0: Yeah. You know, I have the, I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Lauren Bobert a couple of times, and you're right. I mean, she is, first of all, she's a pistol. Uh, I know she lives in Rifle, Colorado, but she is a pistol. And, you know, her, <laughs> yeah. her, her story is so incredible. She talks about how when she grew up, um, her mom was on welfare, you know, they were on public assistance. Um, and she she describes – I don't know if she talked to, to you about this, but she talked about her first job at McDonald's and what it felt like to get that paycheck and to have earned that money and how that really sort of inculcated a sense of individual responsibility in her life. And since then, as you say, she's gone on to open up her own business. She's a, a small business owner. Uh, she is certainly a, a fierce defender of the Second Amendment. Uh, and this district is interesting because, as you say, the, you know this was a, quote-unquote, safe seat for Republicans, uh, theoretically – um, but Bobert was not happy with the Republican that had been there for, I think, five terms. I think he'd been there for a decade in Congress, and she said, you know, he just didn't really do anything. He he wasn't out there actively fighting for the rights of uh, the uh, constituents in his district. She felt like Coloradans in the uh, third district deserved better. Uh, she didn't see anybody else stepping up to do the job, so she decided that she would do it. She won that nomination, defeating the uh, incumbent in the primary, and. Yeah, I think this is going to be a a race to watch because Democrats I think are terrified of Lauren Boebert, uh, gun control groups absolutely despise her, so they're, you know, trying to pour in some uh, resources to make this uh, as competitive as possible, and maybe try to uh, to, to you know score an upset uh, in November. We've also got in the Western states um, a very important Senate seat. We were just talking again about the importance of the Senate. Uh, you know, doing things like being able to block these uh, anti-gun bills. So in Montana, the Senate race is between the incumbent Steve Daines, uh, Governor Steve Bullock, who is Eric. I mean, he's out there trying to portray himself as some sort of Second Amendment stalwart right now, which is crazy.
1: Right, And that's exactly how the governor got elected. Uh Yes. For Steve Daines, let me tell you, for GOA, this is the most important race in the Senate, and it's certainly one of the most contested races in the country. And it's, as you, you just mentioned, because his opponent is the sitting governor, so he obviously has a lot of name ID. Both candidates obviously have won statewide races. Uh, you know, Montana is somewhat unique because while it's very pro-gun, they will vote for a Democrat who feigns support for the Second Amendment, and that's exactly the case. Uh, with the governor, who got elected championing gun rights. However, since then, he vetoed constitutional carry. He's come out in support of a semi-auto and magazine ban. He favors red flags, age restrictions. I, he's just—he's really come out and shown his true color. So on the one hand, you would think uh, that that would give Danes the advantage because, again, it is a very pro-gun state. Uh, and, you know, Danes, not only is he pro-gun, he is a pro-gun leader. He has co-sponsored legislation like... Uh, concealed carry reciprocity. He voted to repeal Obama gun control when that came up for a vote early, uh, in, uh, 2019, uh, or sorry, 2017. He supported, uh, the pro-gun judges that Trump has nominated, like Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. But I think even more importantly, Daines has opposed the, the so-called gun control light that's been supported by Republicans. You know, those who followed you they might remember the fixed NICs, which would result in more veterans and seniors being thrown into the NIC system. Well, most Republicans supported that, along with all the Democrats, but Danes voted no on that. I, I tell you, Cam, if we had 10 more senators like Danes, it would be a t- maybe even five more. It would be a totally different Senate. Uh, but all to say, we cannot lose him to a closet anti-gunner who obviously is no longer in the closet. I mean, he, Bullock has, has made his views clear. Uh, but, yeah, this is a
0: really key race that we have to retain Steve Daines in the Senate. Hey, you know, another uh, key Senate race where you're talking about retaining a, a pro-Second Amendment senator uh, out in Arizona, Martha McSally, uh, squaring off against Mark Kelly. Uh, Gabrielle Gifford's husband, obviously, you know, the co-founder of Gifford's, uh, he, he too is sort of portraying himself as a quote unquote responsible gun owner, just interested in common sense gun safety laws. Uh, but you look at the record between Martha McSally and what Mark Kelly would actually want to change in terms of the gun laws that are on the books, the 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 restrictions and the infringements on our right to keep and bear arms would be coming, uh, you know, likely even uh, introduced or sponsored. Uh, by Mark Kelly, if he were to get elected, this is another key race.
1: It really is, Cam, and unlike the other races where it involves uh, either maintaining a pro gun leader or getting a pro gun leader, and I mean Martha McSally, I mean she's not going to be, you know, your, your pro gun leader. Uh, I mean, she, you know, obviously she's going to follow uh the, the pro gun line most of the time. The, the real issue is that she's going up. You know, uh, against Mark Kelly, as you pointed out. I mean, if Mark Kelly wins, it would be like having Michael Bloomberg in the Senate. Uh, and it would just be absolutely awful because, you know, he, uh, you know, despite trying to, as you were pointing out, uh, toe that, uh, so-called reasonable line, he, he actually, uh, supports very draconian, uh, gun control restrictions. You know, he's going to support, uh, Joe Biden's gun control agenda if Biden gets, uh, uh elected. So this is I tell you, this is a tough race because McSally, depending on the polls, I mean the the average is about she's about eleven points behind. And Bloomberg, while he's pumping in sixty million dollars nationally, uh he's diverted quite a huge chunk of that to Arizona, five million for Arizona alone. So, you know, that kind of money could make anybody look attractive. Uh, so that, that's something that, uh, yeah, th- this is a huge race and, uh, you know, th- this is something that gun owners really, uh, you know, uh, can, uh, it, it's important for us to be involved in this race just
0: simply to get Mark Kelly defeated. Yeah. Um, in my home state of Virginia, as uh, the seventh congressional district, this is a, an interesting district. This was, uh, at one point, Eric Cantor's district, then, uh, he was primaried by Dave Bratt. Uh, who was defeated in the uh, Blue Wave in 2018 by Abigail Spanberger, uh, who, who, by the way, Eric, you know, she's she's very, very cautious about talking about gun control. She's she's backed, uh, you know, the uh, anti-gun agenda of Nancy Pelosi, but she doesn't talk about it on her campaign website, doesn't talk about gun control on the campaign trail, tries to portray herself again as this, you know, very moderate voice, almost a blue dog Democrat, um, but she's not. And I think this is a, a, a race where, Gun owners can actually score a pickup. I mean, we could not only flip this from, you know, R to D, but we could flip this from an anti-gun to a pro-gun seat uh, because the Republican candidate, Nick Freitas, has been an absolute champion for the right to keep and bear arms in the Virginia state legislature.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, In fact, people uh, from all over Virginia are probably very familiar with Nick Freitas uh, because he is uh, really the leader on gun issues in the House of Delegates. Uh, you know, when the Democrats launched their blitzkrieg against our gun rights this past year in Virginia, he was the one who led the opposition on the inside. He organized, uh, the, the, the the speakers, you know, the other delegates. He organized the counter-amendments. Uh, he speaks very powerfully when, when he takes the floor to, uh, to, to speak against an anti gun bill. In fact, uh, he holds the record for the most watched floor speech in Virginia history. It was actually a, a couple of years ago, uh, where he blistered anti gun Democrats. It's gotten over a hundred million views among the different social media platforms. In fact, if people want to watch it, they can just go on YouTube and search Nick Freitas and speech, and that'll be the first thing that, that comes up. But, but here's the thing you need to, people need to, to know about Nick Freitas. He's never Never cast an anti second Amendment vote in his entire time in the House of Delegates, uh, and he's carried countless pieces of legislation to strengthen our second Mem- amendment rights in Virginia, uh, you know th- including uh, constitutional carry campus carry uh, i mean he's he's tough as nails, he's a former green beret with two bronze stars. Uh, I tell you what. I mean, you know this, Cam. He's going. He will truly be a warrior for the Second Amendment uh, when he defeats Abigail Spanberger. And I definitely think uh, it, it's definitely a winnable seat, as you were mentioning, because it is a conservative district. And even though, uh, and, and that's why, obviously, Spamberger doesn't want to talk about the issue on her website and and in public, uh, even though
0: she does secretly uh, support the entire inge- agenda when it comes to a vote. Yeah, I think she's. Actually, gone so far as to try to avoid debating Nick Freitas. I don't even think she wants to have a debate, which is kind of extraordinary when you've got a uh, you know an incumbent politician running uh, from uh, you know actually debating their opponent and running away. That kind of tells you, I think, about uh, how hard she's trying to avoid the Second Amendment uh, as an issue in that district. Uh, Because, as you say, this is a a conservative district. It is full of a lot of gun owners. We've had, uh, you know, a lot of Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions passed in the 7th Congressional District in various towns and counties. uh, And gun owners uh, absolutely need to be aware and they need to be involved in that race. Uh, Finally, a race out of the Lone Star State of Texas, which might surprise some folks that, yeah, there would be a competitive uh, a race for gun owners in Texas. But Michael Bloomberg, listen, he's you talked about the money that he's pouring into Arizona. He's spending a lot of money in the Lone Star State as well. He's trying to flip the state house and turn that into a an anti-gun body. But I think he's also taken a a real interest in trying to defeat uh, Congressman Chip Roy. And there's a, if you're a political junkie, by the way, you might remember the name of Roy's opponent, Wendy Davis. I, I didn't even realize that she was still in politics, honestly, Eric, but she's. She's gunning for a seat in Congress now.
1: She is. Yeah, uh, she became famous uh, in the state legislature when she led a filibuster against a, a pro-life measure. And that's why Democrats love her all around. the. And she's getting support uh, from all around the country. And obviously, that's a whole separate issue from what we're talking about here. But what gun owners need to know is that uh, Davis on the gun issue is the darling of Moms Demand Action the Giffords organization, the Brady pack I mean, she is loved by the anti-gun left. And on the other hand, Chip Roy, who is the sitting congressman, uh, has, you know, he's sponsored... Uh, several pro-gun bills. In fact, just yesterday he got the House Veterans Affairs Committee to hear his bill that he sponsored that would end the current practice where military veterans with PTSD are put into the NIC system uh, if they've had uh, a guardian assigned to, to handle their finances. So, I mean, he is a pro-gun leader. He's a huge supporter of constitutional uh, carry reciprocity. It would be a huge loss if Wendy Davis were to pick up this seat and defeat Chip Roy. And, you know, I, I would encourage people. Uh, you know, we're heavily supporting uh, people like Roy and all these other candidates that we've talked about. And people can help out with that CAM by going to gunowners.org forward slash victory. And all the funds that go there will help us in, in
0: helping all these candidates and others to, to get across the finish line. That's fantastic. Hey, listen, Eric, one last question before uh, I let you go here. You know, all of these candidates that we've talked about, the, the GOA is backing, uh, they're Republicans and there's no way to get around it. Now, GOA is not a Republican organization. Gun owners uh, you can find all across the political spectrum. But the Democrat Party has really, truly embraced uh, the anti-gun agenda over the past decade or so. The the blue dog Democrats that were elected, you know, in uh, 2005, 2006 with the promise of uh, I'll support your Second Amendment rights, but I'm going to be, you know, uh, siding with uh, Nancy Pelosi and others on, on other issues. They're gone. I mean, for the most part, there might be one or two left in Congress, but but they've been tossed out in, in large part by their own party, in some cases by uh, pro-gun Republicans who uh, defeated them. I, I'm one who believes that our Second Amendment rights are going to be stronger and more secure uh, when the right to keep and bear arms is a bipartisan issue. When we find that support on both sides of the aisle, how concerned are you uh, about the the direction that the Democrats are taking? And do you see any hope that, uh, you know, we might see the return of, of pro-gun Democrats, uh, maybe if, uh, you know, some of these uh, Democrats go down to defeat in November?
1: Yeah, you know it, that is an interesting phenomenon. Back in the day, gun owners of America used to support pro gun Democrats. I mean, you probably remember Virgil Goode, oh, yeah. you know, here in Virginia, and 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 there were many others. And you're absolutely right; uh, they are all gone. And that's been a decision at the top of their party. I mean, there was a time when they were trying to get those blue dogs uh, in the you know more rural areas and have them represent. Uh, you know, uh, go, but, but Nancy Pelosi, I, I think just got so frustrated with them. She, she has basically given up on them. And so they've taken the, the hard line. Uh, it's in their, uh, it, it's in their agenda. It's in their platform. Uh, I, you know, as, as long as you have, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, uh, running the reins of the Democrat Party, I don't see them turning. Uh, from that right now, I, I think they're going to keep the hard line where they're coming after our guns. I mean, who knows what will happen in the future? And you're right. Uh, you know, the second amendment is, is not an issue for just Republicans. In fact, you know, I was in, uh, as you just mentioned, I was in, uh, Colorado and in, in Lauren Boebert's district. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pro-gun Democrats uh in that district and all across the country there are a lot of pro gun democrats it's just that they don't make it into the congress at least not right now they they have in years past but but not right now uh but i tell you what what the, the thing that's encouraging is that the gun issue is a strong enough issue uh, because it's a freedom issue, you know, freedom from tyranny, uh, the ability to protect yourself, uh, that people will vote on that issue alone and they will put their their party aside. And so you will have people cross uh, party lines to vote on the gun issue. In fact, you may remember back in 2013 after Colorado passed a slew of gun control, they actually recalled uh, in, in that district, uh, there in Colorado at the state level, they recalled, uh, several, uh, state senators and kicked them out of office. Uh, they were Democrats yeah. and the Democrats in the district were upset with their Democrat senators and they booted them. So yeah, uh, the gun issue is a very powerful issue and I think it's going to make a, a big difference, uh, here in this election. No president has yet won actively campaigning uh, against our gun rights. And I don't see
0: that changing uh, this year either. Eric Pratt with Gun Owners of America, Senior Vice President with GOA. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the program. It was great talking with you today. I hope we get a chance to do this again soon.
1: Thank you, sir. I I would love to. Thanks for having
0: me. Appreciate uh, Eric Pratt, joining us here on the program. You know, normally this is the time where we do the uh, good deed of the day. We do our armed citizen story. We do our recidivist report. But given that this is the uh, 19th anniversary of the attacks on 9-11, I wanted to take just a minute to talk about one of the many, many heroes of that day. Uh, I didn't know anybody personally who died on 9-11, but about four years ago, almost to the day, actually, um, I had the opportunity to meet one of those heroes, at least online. His name, Terry O'Hara. He's a member of the uh, New York Police Department. And uh, he contacted me on Twitter shortly after my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, Terry was fighting his own fight at that point uh, and had been fighting for about a year and a half And he encouraged me, and continued to do so in the months ahead, to stay in the fight. That was uh, one of really his key phrases, that and um, F cancer. I can't really say what he would say, but uh, I had the opportunity to get to know Terry O'Hara over the coming months. He was a friend. He was a mentor. He honestly he gave me strength. He told me that it was okay to be angry, that it was okay to be sad, that it was okay and in fact necessary to develop a really dark sense of humor uh, when it came to this incredible battle that he was engaged in that my wife was engaged in. In February of 2017, less than 6 months after I first met Terry online, he went into the hospital for what would be the last time. He passed away on March 10th. Of 2017. He had served with the New York Police Department for 11 years. He left behind a wife and two children and countless friends and family members who loved him dearly, who were inspired by him, who were given strength. Watching him in his fight, his courage and his valor, uh, I think, uh, touched everybody who knew him. Terry O'Hara died of cancer as a result of him spending so much time at Ground Zero assisting in the search and recovery efforts after 9-11. Like many members of the New York Police Department, the New York Fire Department, and other first responders, the effects of the attacks of 9-11 were not immediately apparent to Terry O'Hara, but he too was a casualty uh, of that terror attack 19 years ago today. And Terry O'Hara is my hero, and he will not be forgotten. We should never forget. And I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to honor his memory, his life, and his valor. So if you are fighting right now, I'll give you the words of advice that Terry gave me four years ago. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. Hope that you have a good weekend. Maybe get a chance to do a little uh, shooting, a little plinking. Get out to the range. Fingers crossed. Maybe you can find some ammo. We'll be back on Monday with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But in the meantime, be well, be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company.